0: Content warning. This show is intended for a mature audience. This episode specifically features discussion of suicide, bullying, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hi there, and welcome to Working Out the Kinks, the show where we take a feminist, LGBTQIA-plus inclusive, kink-positive look at sex and sexuality. I'm your host, Jesse Hitch. Today, we have Erin Delaney, Program Coordinator for Hustler, on the show. We talk about her job as someone who watches porn for a living. But first, a story from one of our female listeners. One day, I walked into my dad's house, knowing that he had a guest visiting from out of town. She was a very bubbly, outgoing person with a proclivity for oversharing. Among the things she opted to share with me was the fact that she was having an affair with my dad out of spite for her husband who had a mistress back home. While I had no reaction to this other than being stunned, what really forced me to beat a hasty retreat was when she opted to tell me that my dad had an ass that wouldn't quit. Hashtag awkward. And now, on to the show. Las wow. Vegas is really interesting too and in how they have like they do have regulated areas and they have the yep. the escort thing. I mean, I grew I mm-hmm. did some growing up in Las Vegas and I w- always remember okay. when people would go through when family would come to town we would always go to the strip and hang out and there were all these always those guys with the cards on the corner and they had like right. their they had those little cards and I remember we weren't allowed to take the cards but we'd pick them up off the ground and then go home and there's four of us kids and we'd be like okay i well, will trade you four diamonds for angel or whatever we had like weird escort trading cards little like pokemon cards exactly (laughs) it was kind of ridiculous but you know that's what you do when you grow up in vegas you gotta you gotta
1: right right it's
0: like do you feel then that with the like invention of the internet that it's a lot easier to start producing and making your own porn or like you know smaller companies to be able to make their own porn
1: yes and no i think the internet can be helpful in certain ways. And there are a lot of companies that purely do internet porn. Mm -hmm. And we, like, working in broadcast, we don't deal with them directly just because it's easier for them to not deal with broadcast. but just because generally they do scenes instead of full movies.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so that's what a lot of the online stuff is. And we have companies that we buy stuff from online, but we generally comp it into full movies.
0: Oh, nice. So it's just so yeah. So when you produce like a full movie, if it's if you've got content that's been acquired from another source, you just kind of make like a compilation tape kind of thing and put it out as like a fu- full film. Yeah,
1: we can do the, We We usually stick to the same studios. But yes, we have certain um, outlets where we can mix media and then build, we build compilations almost every month. There's hundreds of them that we build.
0: Wow so does is that like released just solely online or is it or do you produce like dvds now too we have
1: um our dvd sales go through la as well but we have um three hustler titles per month that we would put onto dvd and sell it that way Mm -hmm. but for us we're we're acquiring content from studios that probably have their content on dvds but have no way to put it on like your video on demand which would be if you have like Verizon, Comcast, whatever. If you go to your little menu
0: uh-huh. and you go yeah. to your
1: on-demand button, then you can go to your adult section oh. and there'll be tons of different um, different sources for broadcast, but that's separate from the internet. And the internet, if you're not dealing directly with a studio site and you're dealing with, say, a tube site, perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah, then then we can lose money from that because our content can kind of be stolen and put up on tube sites and then we have no way of tracking it and no way of making money from it.
0: Oh, yeah, which has got to be frustrating because you're in the business of obviously of making money. So yeah, but absolutely. Huh. We are always trying to be making money. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and it's like they say like prostitution is the oldest profession and that right. I kind of feel like porn is like right along with that. Like there's been pictures like nude pictures from the time that cameras were invented so i think it's just right. it's it's always been kind of a thing that's always been around in society so so yeah how do you- and i
1: think that's one of the biggest problems i think or diff- one of the biggest differences with prostitution versus pornography right pornography is regulated so we work directly under department of justice like for identification purposes so Different like passports, whatever we have to check all of that. Make sure you are who you say you are. You are of age to be shooting. Oh yeah. Um, police, oh yeah. Stuff like that. So whereas prostitution isn't regulated, so they they can just do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, which is you know interesting, and it, and it brings up an interesting debate yeah. too about the regulation of prostitution. That's something we're probably going to cover right. in another episode because <laughs> yeah. there's there's a yeah. whole lot still- that can go into that. <laughs>
1: Yep. I was just in Las Vegas and a lot of the girls, um, that are like, I don't want to say a lot of the girls in porn, but a lot of the girls that are based in LA that might do porn are also escorts. I was, I had just been there. I've, Last week I was just there for, the, or two weeks ago, for the first time, and it was a different world
0: for sure. It really is. It's a super unique place. There's no other place like it. But I kind of feel it's the same way, like in Boulder. There's no other city like Boulder. It's it's super I, unique.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. And I I grew up in New York, so oh, I thought cool. going to Vegas wasn't going to be super like
1: different or overwhelming to mm-hmm. me. But it was very different.
0: It's yeah, it's its own little monster out there in the desert, yeah. and it's. It's kinda of crazy. Like it's super fun to visit, but I I wouldn't live there again. It was it was a hard place to live.
1: Yeah. My husband was like, I could live here and I was like, You could
0: You're like, Well enjoy <laughs> that. Soft. My love, because I won't. Yeah, so, no. Not for me. That's awesome. So what what exactly is it that like you do with Hustler? Like what what is like a typical day in your office?
1: So I am the programming acquisitions manager. Okay. Tongue twister. (laughs) Um, So for me, I get DVDs sent to me in the mail. I get um, links sent to my email, just like zip files. I get. uh, We have our FTP servers, so people can upload screeners to me that way, and I will watch our content. So depending if it's a scene or a full title. I will go through and watch, not in real time, generally, I'll watch setups and content throughout to see what's in it and Mm -hmm. to make sure there aren't anything that goes against our broadcast guidelines that we might get in trouble for. I have to make sure that there's no peeing, that there's no lactation, there's no blood, no weapons, no drugs, and things like that. And I I have a customized database so I can keep notes on everything that I screen. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, so we have it's 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 an in-house database that we have, and it is incredible what it can do. That's (laughs) it. Links every single department in our building
0: uses it, and it's
1: really amazing.
0: Huh? That's so. Your job is basically to like watch and screen porn all day.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, and take notes about it, and write the notes back to the studio to say, "Hey, this title is excellent," but. Can you be careful not to put any any weapons or anything that might seem like they are being forced or right. coerced or anything like that? Well, that's amazing.
0: Like, I wish I could get paid to watch porn all day long.
1: <laughs> I hear that a lot.
0: <laughs> Which, like, and, you know, that's got to be just kind of like, oh, it's just another day at the office. I'm going to watch somebody get banged. Like, it's probably not even, like, sexual at this point, you know? But yeah, it's,
1: It's definitely a bit mechanical for me at, like, at this point. But believe me, there are things that I will see, and I will call everybody that I know in the office into my office and be like, "Oh my gosh, you have to see what I just saw." Oh my
0: god, that sounds awesome! (laughs) That sounds just like the coolest job of all time. That's amazing. Yeah, it fell into my lap, and I'm
1: happy it did. And I don't want to go back to regular waitressing and restaurants and I mean how could you
0: you just have like like how do you even put that on a resume like oh I just used to watch porn all day long and this is what I did and now I'm trying to work for this family-friendly company like I mean you definitely have to be able to kind of work your skills bank on that oh yeah I'm really really
1: good at organization and right. viewing content and management and
0: whatever <laughs> creatively rephrase. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So kind of like what I just touched on and, and trying to maybe get a job in another like quote unquote family friendly place. Like porn is often kind of like called like, it's like dirty or it's moral or it's wrong. Like, and I don't feel that way personally, but like what, like how, do you feel like that's a, a thing is that like a stigma that you have to deal with on a daily basis or like when you're meeting new people?
1: On a daily basis, I'm going to say no, just because of the environment that I work in. I'm sure. constantly around it and everybody I work with is around it. But in my personal life, it's, it's interesting. I, I like to consider myself a good judge of character. So I just kind of feel out the situation and decide if I want to tell people what I do or where I work. Yeah. But um, my husband and my father-in-law get a kick out of, go- like t- we're talking to somebody and they'll be like, oh, hey, my, my my wife or my daughter-in-law, she works in porn. And then they'll just, <laughs> then I'm just trapped there. <laughs> so um, it definitely, it's hard because there are, a, it's still a stigma and people do have their feelings about it. And a lot of people, especially, and I think this day and age when women's rights are such an issue, mm-hmm. people are pretty judgmental. And they ask me, how could you do that? Especially because I consider myself like very, like, go women, girl power, feminism. Yes, yes, yes. And people, are, people ask me, how can you do that? How can you do that? But for me, working in the the, the company that I work for, I know how, like, I've worked in different departments in the building, and I know how strict we follow all of our Department of Justice rules, and I just know that it's not like these tube sites where you could have a girl who didn't want to be on camera who ends up on camera or it's a hidden camera from an ex-boyfriend, and they end up on the Internet, and that's not cool. So I like to tell people, like, our stuff is regulated. These girls want to be doing what they're doing. They're not selling their bodies. They're right. selling a brand and they love what they're doing.
0: <laughs> See, and I think that's that's what's cool about like feminism and porn and things like that. Because I kind of feel the same way. Like as long as this is what they want to do right. by all means. Like you can't tell a woman what she wants to do with your body and still call yourself like a feminist. I don't I don't think it's, anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I know like um, like recently august ames um passed away she committed suicide she was a very prominent right porn no star. I, I read
0: about that and yeah
1: yeah and at the avn awards which i was just at in las vegas um one of the directors that won the award called up august's husband to give a speech mm-hmm. instead of giving his own speech and that's one of the things that he focused on he's like these people and like she was very very intensely bullied online for not wanting to work with certain other performers right and, right and her husband basically said like this is this is your body this is your choice and you these people in the industry need to understand that you make the decision and this is this is how you're making your money this is your business this is your livelihood you make the decisions not them and I think that was it was a really powerful message, and it's a really important message.
0: Yeah, and I, I remember—I don't know why I ended up reading about that, but it was really interesting because, you know, because she was just she just had an opinion about like she didn't want to yeah. perform with with male performers who had had sex with other male performers, right? And because she because of the she HIV, worried
1: about her health.
0: Yeah, and 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 I mean, I, I get that, and so. And I mean, I understand why, like, some people would be upset about that. But again, like, right. just the intense online bullying is that something right. that you see a lot of with your female performers? Like, do they have a lot of shitty people on Twitter just, like, disparaging them constantly? Or,
1: you know what? I think that it is a really big issue. And there are, for every fan on the internet, there's a person that's not a fan. Right. And, like, I just, I was just talking to my husband about this recently, and he said, yeah, but how do you let somebody on the internet get to you like that?
0: Well, when it's and, every day and, and constant. I, yeah. And
1: what I said and what I said to him was if he thinks about his own life, he probably has what 500 friends on Facebook. These girls have 50,000 if not more friends on Facebook and Twitter. And they're not just hearing one crappy comment. They're right. hearing 50,000 crappy comments. Right. And I I don't care how strong you are that has to wear
0: on you. Oh, obviously. Well, and it obviously does, you know, because there's yeah. You know, I was reading about that and it wasn't just and I'm so sorry I forgot her name, August Ames. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't just her. I mean, she was the most recent, but there have been right. many, many other suicides that have happened because of this online bullying. And I feel yeah. like, you know, kind of back in the day before the the invention of social media, like sometimes maybe porn stars could live a somewhat discreet life and just yep. be like, oh, yeah, like I do this. But nobody really had to know unless they had seen one of their movies. And now because social media is so important for building a business and building a personal brand, I feel like that's something that, you know, it, it becomes kind of their whole life and their whole whole livelihood. Yeah. You know, it, yes. it, it kind of consumes them.
1: And I think that's the biggest part is that that this is how they promote themselves. And like you were, I think we were talking about earlier with cam girls, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these girls that are like porn stars are also cam girls and the way that they promote themselves is by being on Twitter and by having their accounts and showing a five second clip of a video that you can go pay for later and whatever. And I think that. That, yes, because it is so prominent, it helps them in a way, but it's so much
0: easier for them to just be dealing with trolls. <laughs> right, right. And and the Internet is just full of trolls anyway. But I feel like yeah. what can be really problematic is, especially for women, is when women are harshing on other women. And I think that's something that we, as ladies... Or, you know, just yeah. women in general. We need to kind of start building each other up a little bit, regardless of our choices and, and things. We need to kind of start banding together a little bit more. I, think I agree. Cool. And
1: that was a big thing. Um, I I read a bunch of articles and interviews with girls that had been at the Avian Awards. Mm-hmm. And that was that was like across the board. There was a bunch of people who were saying, like, it's very catty in the industry. It's very catty. And I mean, I think like any other industry, it's competitive, but, you know, in a much more extreme way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that was something I did like about because I did see the some of the pictures from the Avian Awards where a yes. bunch of girls were wearing T-shirts in in memory of. Yes, they of were her.
1: beautiful. I saw a lot of them. And I think that's gorgeous.
0: great. <laughs> I think that's so cool because they, you know, they're at the end of the day, they're still people and they still have emotions and those emotions are yeah. valid and they're still, they're still humans. And I think um, people kind of forget that.
1: That's a really big thing. Literally, like they are just like you and I, I had dinner with a couple of people. I was out to drinks and talked to a bunch of stars and they're just like you and I, we had normal conversations. We talked about food and TV and life. Like, it wasn't just about sex and whatever. Right, they're they're normal people. They're w- going to work like you and I go to work, but their work is a little different.
0: <laughs> right, and and it's that's all it is. It's just that's just what they're doing, and they're they're making money. They're making money doing it. And exactly. Yeah. So part of me wonders if maybe there's like a little bit of jealousy there that they're able to have this like kind of sexual freedom to do things that and get paid for it basically and, and to be able to just do these things that normal people don't really have the the balls to do, you know.
1: <laughs> get it? And the I balls. think that's exactly what it is because everybody is having sex. So why is it a big deal if they're doing it? Because it's on camera? Because they're
0: doing it better than you. <laughs> right. No, exactly. <laughs> and I think it's interesting. I read a I read a thing uh the other day and it, it was talking about like workers in fast food and saying like you can't tear somebody down while actively demanding a service from them and i kind of feel like that i that happens a lot in the porn industry like you're gonna talk shit about this woman who's doing these things but then you're also actively going to engage in watching those things happen and paying for those things to happen so like you're creating the demand while also like disparaging these people for doing what they're doing
1: yeah, I think that's a huge issue and I think that's just a societal issue. Right. And it goes I think it really goes back to the the double standard of if a man sleeps with 20 women, mm-hmm. that's fun, but if a female sleeps with 20 men, she's a slut. Right. And the whole yeah. And I just and I I think it goes back to that mentality of these women who are actually empowered and using? They're they're managing businesses. They're not just having sex. They're producing movies. They have their own companies. They have their own merch lines. Right. They have. They're running a business. They are empowered women. They're not just having sex or whatever. Like I just, it's it's just silly to me that that's still a thing. But I absolutely. Agreed that that is a huge problem and people who are watching porn and actively and probably ga- engaging in sexual activities themselves right are going to have bad things to say or even i mean we get written letters sometimes it hasn't happened in a while but we've
0: gotten letters oh my gosh and
1: we're fortunate where we are he like that we don't have to deal with it as much, but in California, there, yeah, especially like
0: religious people
1: who want to
0: pick it or whatever. So, so then, you know, would you say then in the business, is it more like women are controlling the business or do you think it's more like men are controlling the business?
1: I think that there has been a really big shift. And I, I, re- like, we have so many studios that we deal with and it's a pretty even split. Mm-hmm. With male and female-owned studios, there's actually a bunch of studios that are owned by by pairs, like ma- married men and women, married women and women, that oh, cool. um, have their own studios, which I think is great. And I feel like more recently, the not necessarily that the hardcore content is disappearing, but there's more of a demand for softer content and more... I don't like this term, but female-friendly content.
0: Right, something that's a little more. No, I I get. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that these, like, there are there
1: is a ton of studios that are run and owned by women, and their content is driven by women. And it's actually interesting though, because if you look at the numbers of people who watch porn. It's almost a 50-50 split. I think a couple of years ago, it was a 51% of people watching porn were women. Oh, wow. I just learned so, something maybe, new today. Yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> to to think that this content everyone wants to say is more male-dominant is actually being watched by everybody. So, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's interesting because, you know, traditionally, I would think that, that porn would be filmed for the male gaze, like with, with a male viewer yeah. in mind. But, you know, now you're saying, like, no, like half of the people in the world who are watching porn are females. So we need to be making yeah. content that is something that they want to watch as well. And I, I think right. that's cool it's, that there are women that are like, no, 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 women want to watch this and kind yeah. of evening and the playing field there. I think that's neat. It's
1: also interesting, and this isn't... This doesn't mean it's necessarily shot by a woman, but there is a lot, not a fifty-fifty percentage split, but there's a lot of women who prefer to watch male male porn, hmm. and and I can see that because generally the males in males in gay porn are more attractive
0: <laughs> than the males in straight porn. You're not wrong. Like they're they're all cut and muscly and yeah you know, ripped and. <laughs> So I can understand why that would be. (laughs) There's a lot of women who want to watch male-on-male porn. What about, like, what other kind of content are females viewing then?
1: I mean, I I think it's across the board. Like, I really find that it's, you can say, any person you ask is going to tell you something different. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, if you look at numbers, we follow different numbers that certain websites put out. We also have an excellent research department that, watches or watches the numbers on our content mm-hmm. but being in broadcast our market is more probably not as many females but for internet it's going to be a lot more females so mm-hmm. that's interesting but there's there's bisexual content that sells extremely well and that is being watched by males and females and that when i say bisexual content we consider that two males and a female with male male interaction in the content Right. Not just like a male, male, female freeway, so okay, or like two females in a three way with a guy we wouldn't consider that would be just a threesome. it's weird, like I feel like it's just kind of industry lingo that doesn't really fit into what everyone else thinks,
0: yeah, but i mean every 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 industry has like certain things that they how they classify different things, <laughs> so that totally makes yeah. sense, right, exactly. So what is it like for you, like being a woman in, you know, the production kind of side of pornography? Like what struggles have you faced in that position?
1: Um, for me, I I think in general for women, it's harder because, like I said, a lot of the content or people think, oh, these women are degrading themselves by being in the content mm-hmm. so people look at a female working in the industry and think oh if she's okay with watching that then she's okay with that content or degrading herself so people think that they're pushovers or they can walk on them mm-hmm. and personally I just never live my life that way I'm a very outspoken person I can be a little bit bossy Um, I just know, I don't let people push me around. So I think I've been very fortunate personally in my company. I've never seen anybody being spoken down to because they're female. Um, I think, I I think in the industry, I'm sure it happens, but I'm very fortunate that it doesn't happen to me. And I've been with this company for five years and I've been in three different departments. So, I'm also very driven, and if somebody does try and talk to me a certain way, I probably am not going to take it well. (laughs) Right. But but there's definitely people who don't stand up for themselves, and I can see them being kind of stepped on or pushed to the side. And like you were saying before, with the idea of the male gaze, and there are a lot of males that are in higher positions that luckily, (laughs) I think working with powerful women every day are kind of... Or have grown to be better. Um, I think it was probably a bigger issue in years past.
0: Mm-hmm. So kind of along those lines, then, you know, I, when you say there are a lot of males that are higher up in the porn industry, it kind of makes me think of Hollywood, where we have like Weinstein and things like that. So have there been allegations of, of sexual misconduct in higher up levels of the pornography industry that you've heard of? Or like, what does that look like in the porn business?
1: I haven't seen it. Sometimes I feel like because I'm not in LA or not in the office in LA that I'm kind of separated from big stuff like that. But that's something I would hear about. And no, it hasn't been a thing. I mean, in years past, there's there's been like a performer or two that has been accused of going too far in a scene or performers will talk to each other before a scene and set boundaries. And there have been people who have been accused of pushing those boundaries and maybe using their influence because they are a big porn star, but I haven't heard anything about any directors, producers, studio owners, anything like that. I even, being at AVN, I talk to a bunch of people who deal with talent and performers every single day, and they don't even, we we get a little picky about our girls, and we want to make sure that They don't have rashes on their bodies or Mm -hmm. excessive scarring, or if they're bruised up, it doesn't come across well on camera. And so I've talked to people who are like, I don't want to be that person that says, uh, I need to look you up and down before you shoot today. Mm -hmm. So they're more, I think it's more because it's weird. I like to tell people because we deal with this on a regular basis, this sexual harassment aspect, it's. There's more black and white for us, I think. And it's you're either dealing with your work and your content or you're being inappropriate. Right. Well and I think it's so interesting. It's a, lot, a lot easier, I think, to to kind of differentiate and not have people who are kind of pushing themselves on you or something like that. It's just not a thing that can happen, I don't think.
0: It seems like the lines of communication are a lot clearer exactly which is interesting because you would think that in a non-sexual place like like in Hollywood or just on a like a regular movie set not filming a sex scene or anything like that you would think that that kind of thing wouldn't happen and that it would be the opposite kind of of what you described where in the porn industry it would be very you know misogynistic and and things like that but it sounds to me like you're describing that it's it's very open communication, very honest communication, and it's just all kind of black and white and almost clinical where it's like Yeah, exactly. See, and I think, I think that's one, cool.
1: of the, one of the other issues I think is that the like Hollywood is so glamour, like it's so I can't think of the word right now. People look up to it and actors are paid ridiculous amounts of money. Oh yeah. And I think that that can be a big factor in sexual misconduct as well because if someone's being coerced into something or they think that they have a an opportunity because they have sex with somebody and it's a lot driven by money whereas the girls in this industry a lot of them have set rates or the studios have set rates and yeah you i'm sure somebody could do something sexual to get a movie or whatever but it's you still have to take your tests and make sure you don't have any STDs, and you still have to t- like go down the same avenues as everybody else. So it's not completely money driven.
0: I I like that though. I think that's that's cool because you know, you would just. I feel like there's a concept, like a misconception that you know it's all just money-driven and that these girls are just depraved and they'll do anything for money and I and or not even just girls just you know performers in general yeah will just do anything for money and they'll do it on camera and 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 it's not really always about that like I mean obviously the money is good but right you know it's not all about that and I think that's that's interesting
1: yeah I agree and I mean it's like like going back to I just kind of briefly said this but the every performer has to be tested within 30 days of shooting and if they're not and they don't have uh, and if their tests come back that they're not or that they have something they cannot shoot oh wow and and i think that's a really important thing because obviously you everyone worries about their health and you don't know what people do in their personal life mm-hmm. versus on set and it can it can be dangerous
0: Oh, yeah. You said within 30 days of shooting. So how often mm-hmm. are performers typically shooting?
1: It really depends on who they are. If they're like a very popular person in the industry, they could be shooting every single day. Oh, wow. But it it depends. Like, it's just, it's all about who can get you what audition or if somebody, for us, we shoot three productions each month. Mm-hmm. And We'll make a list, depending on the genre, we'll make a list of our, like, top eight girls. And if the person that is shooting it can get those girls, then that's what we have. And we don't even deal with, like, auditions or anything. It's just like, no, we know that they're good. We know that they'll show up on time. This is who we want. Hmm. And our guys will just go straight to their agents and get them instead of, like, having a crazy interview or audition process.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that... that Porn performers would have agents, but I mean that makes sense now that you say it.
1: Oh yeah, just and like a manager. They have talent websites that have um, photos, photo sets of them with their measurements and what they're, what kind of content they're actually willing to perform because there are acts that people won't do, so right. stuff like that.
0: Well, that's cool. Well, you mentioned something about genres. Like, how, like, what kind of different genres are there in the pornography business? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are, like, your top, like, what are, like, the top, I don't know, top performing genres? Right. Like, so, the top five, um, I guess.
1: We, Like I said earlier, we have an excellent research department, and we also, like, follow internet trends, and we can see what's performing well, and we'll try and make sure that that's what we're scheduling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So group stuff, so three ways, orgies. Gang bangs. I don't know if I can see that. But, yeah, group, group content does very well. Swingers does great. And that doesn't necessarily mean a group scene. It could just be, like, two couples at a party. And then they're like, hey, I'm going to bang your wife. And, then, and that does great. <laughs> okay. Um, interracial, black male, white female, and vice versa does pretty well.
0: Okay. MILF. Oh, the, older yeah. lady, the older ladies you bring. <laughs> Charles is like in the studio and you said MILF and he's like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they uh, always perform very well, especially <laughs> if it's an
1: interracial MILF title. Excellent. <laughs> cool. Um, Asian content does really well. Okay. Um, the more taboo stuff mm-hmm. recently has been performing well. So anything that is Stepmom, stepdaughter, that type of genre will do really well.
0: I read an um, article about like incestuous kind of situations in pornography are like huge right now. Yeah. And I yeah. it I it's something I personally don't understand. I'm not like harshing on anybody's kink or yeah, no kink shaming. Right, we don't kink shame here. We're we're very kink positive, but it's just something that I personally don't understand. So I I think that's interesting. Is it is it typically kind of a, a daddy situation or is it more like you know moms or is it like sister so, brother stuff? Like what what is what is that yeah, about? I, I so we we have to be really careful if we.
1: If we want to broadcast that type of content, they need to say in the scene that they are step brother or stepsister, stepmom. They cannot they they, they have to determine that there is no blood relation. Okay. But yeah, we get a ton of stepdaddy and stepdaughter content, step mom and stepson, stepbrother and stepsister, step sister and stepsister. It all does very well. It's like it's become very, very popular.
0: That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Like, because like I feel like the swinger stuff and and the group stuff. I think that's all just something that people all want to do at some point, and just some people can admit that, and some people can't. Right. But then that kind of stuff is probably kind of the same thing where people just want to do it, but they can't. So they watch other to... people pretend to do it.
1: Right. I'm trying to think of the the saying, it's like the rule of 49 or something like that, and I, I'm so mad that I can't think of it right now. But it basically says, like, this rule states that if you've thought about it, there's porn about it, and I always just think back to that, like clowns, people like with whipped cream, anything, everything is, is porn, apparently. So I feel like it just has to be some sort of illicit sexual desire that someone has that everyone else shares hmm. just not not everyone
0: gonna have to go spend some time in that subreddit <laughs> here and just like read about what other people it's all for research for the show charles don't look at me like that
1: because one of the things that does really well for us in broadcast is granny porn
0: granny porn yeah so like and it doesn't have to
1: like not oh this is my grandma just older ladies like much older ladies Hmm. Perform ex like the the numbers for our buys for granny porn are just excellent.
0: So there are literal women out there who may be grandmas who are doing porn.
1: Oh yeah, and performing These women porn are sixty plus, seventy plus years old.
0: <laughs> now I'm like, oh, like my dream. I now have a new like retirement dream. Just like make millions <laughs> doing granny <Right>? porn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's. Ext- I mean. Not everyone shoots it, so there's not a ton of it. So it's, I'm sure that's another reason it does really well. Right. But people seem
0: to love their grannies. <laughs> that is that is I think, very interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome though. So. We so we're talking about you know like they, they do granny things. There's swingers. There's all this other stuff. What won't Hustler do? You you briefly mentioned a few things pre- previously, but like what are hard limits that Hustler will not like even touch?
1: Because we're dealing with broadcast, we have certain regulations based off of the cable and satellite providers' regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, so if BDSM is kind of a toughie for us because. A girl can have a blindfold, a girl can have handcuffs, but it has to be consensual within the context of the scene, you know? So, if the scene starts with her in handcuffs, it's kind of tough to determine if it's consensual. Obviously, if she's not fighting or crying out or anything, then that's helpful, but... It's stuff like that, excessive thinking, if the girl's turning bright red or something, that's going to be an issue for us. And it's all, like, the BDSM stuff is really the the, the tricky one for mm-hmm. us, I think, that, for, for hard lines. We can't do any bodily functions. Um, yeah,
0: you mentioned lactation at one point, and I... Yeah, I remember learning when I was, you know, right after I had my baby and things about that you can let down after an orgasm, and I just I never associated the two things together. Like, it, it never happened for me, so I was like, right. I didn't realize that there was, like, porn out there that would feature lactation or anything like that. I, yeah,
1: I recently had a scene, um, it was a lesbian scene, and there was the premise of it was that she doesn't orgasm normally. She orgasms through her boobs, so every, so that was there was a lot of lactation in that scene, and I couldn't take it just because
0: it, we can't use it. Right. Well, I, I have read that the, something like three percent of women can can orgasm just from stimulation of the nipples. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting yep. fact that i may not <laughs> right yeah lucky them <laughs> i may have to google that fact and like fact check myself here okay so but so like no bodily functions so no like peeing no no right you know no vomit
1: poop. no peeing no blood no feces. no menstrual blood yeah um we have to be careful about weapons if the scene starts and there's like what if it's i don't know some kind of parody or something like that and there's weapons that's fine, but there can't be any weapons during a sex scene. No drugs, obviously, for obvious reasons.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Is that, is that some, do you get sent content like that, like, pretty often, or is it something that's, like, just kind of, like, here and there?
1: We, we really, I don't generally encounter it. I mean, we have, we have some European studios that the beginning and ends of scenes might have peeing, but we can cut them out, cut, out the runtime and still use it for our needs but we generally know what content is going to be coming from a studio before we sign our contracts with them okay so and they kind of know what we can't take and like I said when I'm screening I always send emails to the studios and be like hey can you just be careful uh there was a religious poster in the background of this one scene like can you avoid that there was peeing in this scene can you avoid
0: that (laughs) just like send them notes like "Mm, yeah this is great (laughs) room for improvement exactly oh this this study actually says that um men's health reports a study of 213 women said that said 29 percent had experienced a breast orgasm I don't know. Wow. That's interesting. That's a lot higher than I would have expected. Yeah. No, me too. (laughs) Hmm. So what, why did you decide, you said you've been at Hustler now for five years and you've worked in three different Mm -hmm. departments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why, why did you choose Hustler? What, what kind of like brought you to this job?
1: Um, Hustler chose me. No, um, I <laughs> didn't was working the life. in restaurants and I was doing office management. And our, when I was working at this one restaurant, one of my regular customers was at the time the VP of the company or of the broadcasting facility. Mm-hmm. And he I found out also that he was my neighbor and we became friends and we were talking one night and I was just talking about my cable bill or something I shouldn't say talking about my cable bill. I was ranting about my cable bill. right? (laughs) And he was like, I love your attitude. I think you would do great at this company. And um, he's like, you probably have to start at an entry-level position, but I think you'll move up quickly. And then I kind of, I mean, I'm from New York, and everybody is a smooth talker, so I don't take anybody very seriously. Mm -hmm. But I chose to apply, and I was just, just... threw it out there and I applied for a quality control position.
0: That Um, sounds super interesting. And I got
1: it. (laughs) And for that, I had to literally sit and watch in real time from start to finish all, well, not all of our movies. We have a whole department of people who did this, but, and we have certain, like I was saying, we can't show pee, we can't show blood, uh, degradation, we can't show. So my job was basically to watch the movies and make sure that all
0: of that content had been cut out previously. So, like, (laughs) what was your first day on the job? What was that like? Just rolling up Um, and they're like, you're going to watch porn all day.
1: (laughs) It was interesting because I had to take a test to make sure that I was good enough at watching porn, which sounds ridiculous. (laughs) That sounds amazing. But (laughs) 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 But they literally... Give you like a packet of failures, and you read through <laughs> it, and then they show you a video, and you just sit there and you write down all the failures that you find in this video, and then you sit there with your boss and go through and be like, "Oh no, you you missed the butt plug in that scene, Erin. Like that's, that's something you should have noticed." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're sitting there first day on the job, watching porn. With like a dude sitting next to you also watching porn, critiquing you how you're watching the porn.
1: Well, I got to watch it by myself and then had to sit down with him so okay. he could go over what I didn't catch. Okay.
0: <laughs> that sounds a little less awkward, but like still, I feel like the first day on the job would just be, I would just spend the whole day blushing and like not making eye contact with anybody.
1: It was definitely, it, it was, I thought that's how I was going to be, but it just, Seemed just so natural. I don't know why it just it just worked, and I was just like, "Yeah, this is what I'm doing now."
0: <laughs> that's kind of amazing, though. Like, I like that. I think that's cool. <laughs> so, what what is like the best part of your job? Would you say?
1: So now that I am in a, a, the programming acquisitions manager position, I am so fortunate because I have direct contact with the studios, and I just. It was weird because I just meet people, but through email, which is awkward, Mm -hmm. but I recently got to go to an expo and meet the people I've been dealing with for the last three years. And it's really incredible because there's just so many different people from all over the world and they're so interesting. And I just, I don't know. I just think I work with such great people and everyone in my building are just some really creative, amazing, talented human beings. And everyone has like a side project and whether they're in a band, whether they're a photographer, whether they're an artist, or whatever, I just I feel like this working at this company I've just met some interesting and amazing and talented humans.
0: That sounds so cool. Well we yeah. are we are running out of time, so we're gonna start wrapping up, but I just wanna say talking to you was a super blast. So I really enjoyed talking to you as well. (laughs) Well, good, good. I'm glad. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and, you know, taking like an hour out of your day to to sit and talk about your job, you know, and and yeah, well, and for, you know, agreeing to be on the podcast and things. I'm super excited about it. And, you know, if I have any more questions about the porn industry, like I know who my girl is, who I'm going to call.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) That's well, thank you again so much. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again to Erin Delaney for taking the time to enlighten us today. Thank you to KRFC for having us on the KRFC Podcasting Network. Thanks to Ryan Pruitt for our theme song. And thank you for listening to the show. See you all next time. And as always, proper communication and consent, folks.